Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. Today, we have with us Ellie Goodman. He's going to be sharing with us some really exciting and interesting stories, and we're going to dive into those stories to see how they've carried him through his journey in real estate. Eli has multiple Facebook groups. He's been an agent for four years, has done a tremendous amount of business, and has a lot to share with us today. So I encourage you guys to listen to the whole episode because there will be nuggets filled throughout. And as you guys know, we're going to dive straight in to the hardest questions. And so Eli, the first question, or Ellie, the first question we have for you is, what is the craziest real estate transaction or experience you've had since you've been in the business? Hey, uh, so thanks for having me, first of all. It's nice to meet you guys in person or on video for the first right. time. Um, but I would say definitely probably the craziest transaction we actually just wrapped up a couple months ago. Um, I had a wholesaler out in Florida. He was looking to expand to Chicago and he needs someone like me in the area who can go take pictures of properties, find buyers and just manage everything on, on the ground. Uh, he sent me the first deal and I took a look at it. I'm like, hey man, the numbers are tight. And he was, he was a, he's an aggressive guy, not aggressive, but, um, you know, he, he kept pushing me. He's like, just send it out. Let's see what we can do. Anything counts. Um, I sent it out. And to my surprise, we got probably 15 people show up to the property, um, multiple offers. We went with the first offer guy kicked the can. We went to our backup offer. Um, they said we went with another deal. We went to the third offer. They said they went with another deal. We had to send it back out for, with a price reduction. Uh, we had a super strong buyer come in, go under contract. And probably for three months on a cash transaction, the hard money lender was just kicking the can. We finally pulled the deal, kept his earnest money, went under contract with the next buyer. Uh, I mean, we did a lot of research on him. We called the hard money lender and the lender said, done deals with these guys. Um, we were, they're pre-approved to close on this property in a month. Let's do it. A um, couple of days before closing, they backed out. We had to go to our next buyer. So it took us almost six months to close on just a simple, straightforward cash transaction. What? So it was just wild, yeah. So, so just to recap, okay. So in this role, you're playing the wholesaler. Mm -hmm. And so seller has come to you with the problem. He's got to get this property sold. And then you are finding the end buyer. And yeah, this get, is a wholesaler. Yeah. Wholesaler eventually closed on the property. Wow. And, and it took five, is that right? Five contracts over six months to get the deal done. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. And this is recent. Yeah, we just closed out uh, probably late last year. Take, oh, wow. us, take us through some of the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions, like the the problems within that, the solutions that came through that. Um, yeah, so definitely on my end, it was a little frustrating because, you know, this guy's coming to me. He's got an operation out of Florida, looking to expand in Chicago, and he's really relying on me and trusting me to be the guy who's going to come in, move his properties for top dollars and get everything moving. Here I am on the first deal, and six months down the line, we're still he's still sitting on this property. That he's now closed on. He's got he's got money in the deal, and it's all looking at me like, "Hey man, just can't find a buyer. Come on, 
So that was definitely tricky, just, mm. you know, keeping these things along, uh, just, you know, turning off the buyer, find the next one, a uh, new attorney, just a lot of craziness going on in that one. Incredible. So essentially you're, you're playing the role there of finding the end buyer for the wholesaler who is now closed on the property. And what were some of the ways, the strategies that you used to keep this guy in his right mind? I'm sure he's losing it at least at one, if not five or 10 points in the six months. Um, I mean, he was, he was pretty understanding, surprisingly. Hmm. Um, he, you know, I guess he realized like the buyers were credible. Their heart, you know, the money was there. Their, they had their proof of fund. They closed on deals in the past. So he's a little understanding, just frustrated. So we really just kind of like, they were almost there, we're almost there. So for six months, almost there. And we just pushed through it. So crazy. And just that tenacity. And obviously kudos to you for continuing to provide buyer after a buyer. That's phenomenal. I know like, you know, in, in our wholesaling efforts and it, getting credible buyers is, is hard. And that's why a lot of wholesalers are, have a hard time because they get these properties locked up and then they fall out and it can be pretty discouraging. So along those lines, if you wouldn't mind talking to me a little bit about what were your expectations of real estate before you got in? And then what was it actually like when you got into real estate? That's a good question. Um, I actually kind of stumbled on real estate more than deciding to get into it. Uh, the way I got into real estate was I was doing some stuff beforehand on my own. I was doing some nightclub promoting and kickboxing training, uh, which is not exactly a great mix because nightclub promoting up till one, two in the morning. And then got to be up at like 5 a.m. the next day. So nightclub promoting, a lot of fun, not a lot of profit. Training, a lot of money, not really exciting a lot of the time. It's, it's, it's also a big hustle, just like real estate. Whenever you're in the service business, dealing with people, and trying to get people motivated, it, it's a lot of work. Hmm. Um, and a friend of mine, he, he was on YouTube, saw the flip houses, no money down, and got involved. And he, he jumped in hook, line, and sinker, quit his job bought the sports car and <laughs> went all in. And I yep. was like, Hey, uh, you know, I have a little bit of business experience. That's not usually how business works. Typically you're going to have to work your way up, but I did kind of have the assumption where you're going to go in, you're going to do your marketing, you're going to find a deal, find a buyer and just, you know, there's going to be bumps along the road, but you're just going to keep going. And it was definitely not that at all. Mm. Um, you want me to talk about the hard stuff? And totally. All that? Yeah. Just, 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 Go full bore um, into it. Yeah. Let's get into the challenge. <laughs> so it took us. So after about a month, I hopped in with them because I had, you know, I, I was just making money and I was just, I was just putting all that money away. I was still living with my parents. I didn't have a car. So I really had no expenses. Um, so I said, Hey, let me join you. I know absolutely nothing about real estate. I could provide money. I could do the marketing. I could do the back end, whatever needs to happen. Um, couldn't tell you the difference between a bungalow and a Victorian and a ranch. So when I say nothing, I mean literally nothing. Um, and for eight months, we just threw money at, the, I just, well, I just threw money at the company until one day we watched one of those, like it's kind of a scammy looking webinar, but we bought into it. We paid the guy a thousand bucks. Um, he set up our PPC, uh, pay-per-click, Google pay-per-click. And I think, a week or two later, we had a contract on a brick three unit in Woodlawn. 
Um, and we sent it out to our buyers and they all told us the same thing it was overpriced. Um, my business partner met this guy, Fernando. The next day he shows up with a $5,000 earnest check and we did a JV. And from there, I was like, okay, this is great. I took my money, put it right back into marketing, doubled our budget, dropped it back into the company. And at that point, my partner kind of, I guess he kind of was, you know, he had the money and it, sometimes when you're, you're focused on a goal of getting your first deal, you have that laser focus. And once you get it, you kind of achieve the goal. And I've noticed mm -hmm. that in other parts of my life where you're going for something, you get the first one, and then you kind of lose that drive because now you have it and you have to work on setting that next goal. It's not as, I guess, desirable as like the first one. Yeah. Um, so I ended up leaving him. I uh, went to look for a fix and flipper and I was basically just, just a sidekick. I followed him around like a, like a lost puppy mm. and slowly just piece by piece over eight months. I worked for, I was working on hundred percent commission. So for those eight months that I worked for him, didn't make any money. Um, and then you one day, how many months? Uh, I think it was about eight months. Uh, and then eight finally months. one day we got our contract. So first deal took me eight months, second deal, another eight months. And then third deal was a month, fourth deal was a month. And then from there, I wouldn't say smooth sailing, but at least contracts started coming through. Yeah. Wow. So let's dive into the thoughts, the mindset, the emotions. So you're going into this new thing, I'm assuming to kind of escape having to work late at night, then get up and personal train the next day. You're not making any money. You're spending money. Like, how are you feeling at this point? What's going through, what's going through the mindset? Um, yeah, great question. So I think in the beginning, the mindset was, let's just figure this out. Um, you know, even though we're spending a lot of money, uh, I, I was lucky because I was living with my parents. So I was like, hey, if I lose everything, nothing's going to happen, mm. right? I'm not going to get foreclosed on, getting kicked out of the house. Nothing's going to happen to me. Um, I did have a credit card at the time. And what, I would, what I've done for years was every time I start a company or going to something new, get a 0% APR card, credit card, rack up the bill, pay it off at the end of the year. So I was just like, in one year, I just need one deal to pay down this credit card. And we can start all over again. <laughs> so that was the focus. It was figuring out. So in year one, those first eight months that I got the first deal was how do we find deals? And then once I went to work for this guy, the question was, what, how do I comp a property? How do I find deals? Just what is this real estate thing? Yeah. So that was really my focus and my mindset. It sounds to me, hearing you speak, that there was just a commitment to this thing from early on. Like, how committed would you say you were at the beginning? Um, in the beginning, I would say it was a little bit just testing. I don't know mm -hmm. what, you know, when I just, something drew me to real, I don't know, I don't say drew me. I just like, it was an opportunity. And, you know, you hear the saying, most millionaires are millionaires through real estate. So mm -hmm. I just want to be rich. I'm like, hey, this is the fastest lane I can find. So let's do this. And then once you get that first check, I think it was like $18,000 on our first wholesale deal. It was like, that makes it real. And then you're like, hey, if I could do one, why can't I do a hundred? Why can't I do a thousand? And yeah. just going for it. And yeah, like you said, I think most people don't have that mindset of, I'm just going to go until I get a deal. And if you just do that, those are the people who do make money. No doubt. Until 
until is the key word there you yes. just keep going until like there's the jim Rohn quote like when you're learning to crawl you don't just stop at some point and give up you keep trying to learn until you figure it out and same thing with learning to walk i mean it's the same thing with real estate too so one thing i'm just thinking about is like you were throwing your money at this thing like you believed it would work but you had no proof that it would work necessarily like i'm just curious what like gave you that confidence like as i talk to agents all across the country we work with agents and it's like there's not many of them that are out the gate like hey i'm throwing my money at this and i i know it's going to work like what gave you that courage i don't really have a good answer just that's mm. just you know that's just who i am that's how i've done things for a while and that's really how i do things you know when i got my uh this summer i really focused more on wholesaling and most of my contracts i go under contract i call up all the guys like, hey i got a i got a contract you said you're gonna fund my deals i'm like yeah but i'm out of money i'm out of money and it's just like ah and it was just like head down just start making calls until someone someone's willing to cut me the check for the flip incredible yeah and yeah well such a cool thing so i i, I definitely think that's worth highlighting here is that like whether it, 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 you know, you came upon it and like just growing up or whatnot, like that ability to persist and to take risks on yourself, like such a cool thing, because as you're describing it, the deals didn't land right away. And then it's like eight months each time in between deals and you're spending PPC money, working hard. And there was just an unwavering faith that it was going to get there. PPC is not cheap too. Yeah, it was a little cheaper back then. Um, but <laughs> no, definitely, definitely we're balling out on the marketing. Yeah. What but would... yeah, it's like we were, we've been talking about, which is that, that consistency. I was actually talking to a wholesaler we reconnected last night. Um, and he's kind of like, hey, man, I just want to reconnect. I'm trying to get my first deal. And I see you. It looks like you've got the secret sauce. Like, what is it? I'm like, man, 99% of what I'm doing in my business, every other person's doing is like maybe 1% that has my twist on it. But most of it is just copy pasting what other, everyone else is doing. And that's really just a secret. What was your strategy out the gate? Like, how did you pick your mentors? And how did you know who to listen to? Um, so in the beginning, it was can you, can you ask that question one more time? Totally. Yeah. So, so essentially you found some good people early on, some good mentors, a guy to help you set up PPC. How did you go about that process of, of picking those people and, and finding that help? Yeah. Good question. So I think in the beginning, it was a little bit more of just luck. I think the right people will make themselves available to you especially if you just kind of put yourself out there, there will be someone who will just step up and say, by the way, if you need anything, just let me know. And if you actually need something and you actually let them know, they'll probably help you. I think what a lot of people kind of fall down on is they, they expect that person to kind of be on top of them or to babysit them or to be their Mr. Miyagi. But the truth is that person has probably said that to a thousand people and they probably have an insane amount of stuff going on in their life. So you really have to be on top of them. And I think that was what happened was those people when they offered, 
I was on top of them where, you know, whether it was the guy who really got me started and how to comp properties and how to evaluate properties. And then from there, I had to find someone who knew how to find wholesale deals because after I left him, it was, okay, I know how to find a deal, know how to evaluate the property, but how do I know what a buyer will do? How do I know what a buyer will pay? What about like zoning regulations? All those niche things that you really start to get into. Once you're looking at a lot of properties, I find the next person. And sometimes that would mean I have to email them and then text them the next day. Hey, I send you an email. Don't forget to check that email. So it was a little bit of luck and it was just a lot of staying on top of people. Nowadays, um, it is a little bit, it's a lot more intentional where I want to say, what exactly is my problem? And then let me do some research and find that person who doesn't just know how to solve that problem, but is a specialist in that problem. And I think a lot of the big people on the internet who we all look at, we could say, you know, they have the big followings because they're, they're um, talking to the base where if you say, I'm going to teach you sales, then almost anyone in the world could say, I need sales. But if you say, I'm going to teach you how to sell real estate, suddenly their marketing goes down, but their market share goes down, but their experience and their knowledge goes down. And we could say, hey, what about the salesperson in Chicago? Let's talk to them. Mm-hmm. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. That has experience in that particular market. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so... There, there's a period there where you're going through these eight month sections. When would you say was the turning point? Like, when was the point where you're like, Hey, not only is this working, like my, everything's starting to change. Um, I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> um, I, I think, yeah, I, I think a lot of times we, we look for that mm. and it, it's not necessarily um, a time or a thing because it just, you just hit the next, it's just the next problem. The way that you look at your trajectory then is more in a like series of problems. I love that. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Would you say that as you progress, your problems get bigger and more challenging? Um, yeah, definitely. I think there's, there's one problem of not being able to find a buyer. And then there's a problem of, 
I have to close on a deal in two weeks and I need 300 grand or I'm over budget $20,000 and I don't have that kind of capital right now. Walk us through, walk us through your mindset when you're, when you have that kind of problem. Like, so you buy a property, you have a projected rehab, you don't have the money necessary because you found out that the foundation is worse than you thought. How, how do you talk to yourself? You know, how do you structure that, those thoughts when you're going through those types of problems? Yeah. So I just had this problem a couple of weeks ago where uh, Tuesday night, my lender calls me and backs out of the deal. And I have until Monday to close on a property from a wholesaler. Um, and what I did was I just pulled out my phone and just started calling everyone I know. Um, I was just scrolling through all my Facebook contacts, everyone, in my Instagram contacts. And I just had two questions like, who has a stable job with a college degree or who invests in real estate or who do I know has a lot of money and just called all of them up. Amazing. Just the, the persistence. I love it. Love it. Love it. Who's got my money. Yeah. <laughs> Who's got my money. <laughs> right on. And so how, like, as this has progressed, what would you say, like, some of the biggest takeaways have been as far as like, what sort of nuggets or lessons, strategies have you learned that are, like, carrying through that would apply to maybe somebody at any point in the journey? Yeah, so I definitely, like, will keep coming back to this. It's that consistency hmm. of everything, you know, PPC works, SEO works, cold calling works. I've done, like, so many of them. They all work. And again, the winner is just going to be the person who makes the most calls, um, the most sends the most mail pieces, gets the most clicks. Yeah. Um, it's all about that consistency. And then uh, a lot about who you know, um, not what you know necessarily, where if you know someone who can, you know, a lot of what I do right now, I tell people like, you know, people like, oh, how do you know this? It's like, I, I, most of the time, I don't know what I'm doing. I just know that whatever problem comes up, I know who I can call to solve that problem. And then that problem goes away. Yeah. Um, and then uh, learning how to give what value is and how to provide that. I think a lot of people don't understand. It's kind of like the example of asking someone like, hey, you want to go grab a coffee? And someone's, you know, this was explained to me like right when I got started in um, kind of the self-help industry. Uh, this guy told me, he said, whatever you do, don't take a picture with a celebrity. Never do it because if you take a picture with a celebrity, it's a really interesting concept, mm. but if you take a picture with a celebrity, you become their fan and their fans are their fans and their friends are their friends. Mm. If you become their friend, then you could take the picture with the celebrity as a friend. And similarly with um, people in general, you know, I always want to, I don't want to take the picture with the celebrity. I always want to become their friend. And how we do that is by providing value, which is not, hey, let me take you to a coffee shop because, you know, most successful people, they already drink good coffee and they can afford that cup of coffee. But what providing value to them might be is obviously bringing them a deal. You know, everyone needs a deal. Um, or, hey, set up a podcast, invite them to speak. And now they're on your platform talking and now you're, you've connected with them. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, so I love that setup right? Because now you're in their orbit in a meaningful way where you can continue to provide value and get value in return. 
Yeah, that's really, really good stuff. And so then with that, what would you say um, as far as, and you've given some examples already, a prep, like someone, what can someone do to prepare if they know they're going to meet that celebrity? Like, how would they think through the different ways they could provide value? Let's say they don't have a podcast. Like, how could someone that doesn't feel like they have anything at all, how could they provide value to someone of, of a pretty high status? Um, you know, that's really tricky. And I think it really is going to depend mm. on who that celebrity is and what you want from them. And maybe you don't really have anything of value to bring to them. But typically what I would kind of break down into is like the different types of celebrities, which would be like the local celebrity and the national celebrity. So say a national celebrity comes to town, what I want to do is I'd want to go to their event. They're usually free or very cheap. Listen to them speak at the end of the event, just going to go up to them and say, Hey, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Shake their hand and maybe try to engage them in engaging conversation. Um, what, what else this guy told me is that a lot of times these people, if they're, say doing a lot of real estate, they may not want to talk about real estate. That's what they talk about all day. Everyone's different. Maybe try to find what they're interested in because they're maybe interested in say spirituality, health, fitness, relationships. And maybe that's something you just kind of bring up to and help them. I think those are like the three, there's like four things everyone wants. Everyone wants to be healthier. Everyone wants more money. Everyone wants better relationships and at least higher purpose. So focusing on those four things and what you can provide them. Um, on a more local level, it is staying on top of them where, you know, they have their things, try to go to their places where they go and um, just kind of be around there. Again, saying that, hey, thanks, nice to meet you, something like that. I know I had one guy, he would, you know, if you, if there was someone you want to network with, he would, he was big in the club industry. So mm -hmm. he'd say, okay, I know this guy hangs out at this club or this restaurant. He's going to show up with, you know, a bottle, invite him over to my table, say hi, exchange Instagrams and moving. And then the next thing is really like that trip campaign is super important where if you meet someone, maybe for two years, you can't provide value, but in two years, they pop back up. And that's her point. But if you're, if you've kind of lost contact over those two years, they're going to forget about you. And that's where social media is like so important. A lot of people don't like it, but if you're on your story every day, just saying, Hey, look at this deal I just closed or look what I'm learning in real estate. So, you know, there's really two things. If you're getting started, you can't necessarily post, here's a deal I'm doing, but you could post, here's a deal I'm looking at. And people understand that you're not closing on that deal, but you're at least someone who's out there and people will reach out to you and connect with you. Couldn't agree more. And just even on our side, seeing like for those that have struggled and for those that have worked so hard to get to where they are and have reached some level of success, it's so refreshing to see someone out there actually going out and doing, you know, as opposed to just talking. Yeah. I love what you're saying. I think one of the, the biggest things that the value of what you're saying is, is really you approach things from a perspective of who more than you uh, approach them from a how standpoint, it sounds like. Would that be accurate? Um, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, it, it depends on the situation, but we're going to, you know, in my specific business, say we, we need to get a specific outcome. Like um, I'll give you an example of a situation that I just worked on is sellers call me and they say, and then they never return my calls and I can't keep calling them. Leads are coming every day. So how do we stay on top of the seller? for two, three years until they're ready to sell. And that's the trip campaign. So then I'm going to say, you know, how do I set that up? 
what text message do I have? And we can ask people, but that would be like the what. And then if there's a situation where I need to tweak a text message, I'm going to say, who can help me with that text message or that email? Love it. Love it. And you came into the investing space first. Like I, I talked to so many people, they're like, hey, I want to become an agent first and really learn the business and then I'll invest. And most of the time they never get around to doing much investing. It sounds like from your story, you just went straight after it. Um, yeah, I went straight into wholesaling. I, the only reason I got my license was because of Illinois law, which requires a license. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I do think there is opportunity in being a realtor. I wouldn't, if I was looking, if I was a real, if I said, hey, I want to get into investing now, say I had to start over, I think being a realtor or being a wholesaler is really good. But I would not focus on those nice, if I was a realtor, I'm not going to list those nice homes. I'm going to look for, I'm going to do the same thing a wholesaler does, but I'm going to, instead of wholesaling it, I'm going to list it. Transitioning a little bit, what goals would you say you set for yourself in this process of, of being in the real estate game? Which goals have served you well? Which goals would you have changed or maybe haven't served you as well? Um, I think focusing more on small goals, keeping the big goal in mind, say you want to, you want to have a, a million dollar net worth. That's a big goal that might not necessarily happen in a year, could happen in a couple of years, could happen in a year. Um, but having that big goal and then breaking that down to smaller goals and more importantly, smaller processes where if say, I want to be, you know, I want a million dollars net worth. So that would mean. Um, typically I'll have about 20% equity in a property, which means I need about, uh, I think $5 million in real estate. Um, so say a million dollars a year, which would be about a house a month, a little bit less. And if I say, okay, I want to get a house a month, then I need to make, uh, I need to generate say about a hundred leads. And the process would be, I need to generate a hundred leads, close one deal a month. And say at the end of the month, I don't close a deal. I could say, Hey, I generated my hundred leads. Mm. It didn't happen this month. Maybe I'll close the deal next month, two deals next month. But as long as I hit that process, then I did my job. Totally. And so you're basing your level of a sense of accomplishment, happiness, all based on activity that you can control versus, you know, the result essentially, which is a little bit less guaranteed. Yeah, I try. I try. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I know it could be challenging. <laughs> Especially, especially early on. Um, how cool. And so, so you would say, obviously it's, it's the goal maybe isn't as specific as an appropriate size goal. That's basically brought down into daily action steps. Yeah. Cause it's gonna, you know, it's, what's the famous saying you you'll overestimate what you can do in a short amount of time and underestimate what you can do in a long period of time. And totally. you know, that's a saying that keeps punching you in the face. I think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and, and if you can't bring it down into daily practices, it's, it's hard to really make that thing come true. It's hard to keep yourself on track. That's why I love that, that breakdown where it's like, if, if you could break it down to what, here's what I'm going to do today. And if I know if I keep doing the todays, the tomorrow will be what I'm projecting it will be. That's, yeah, that's pretty awesome. What would you say are your goals now? Like what, what are your ambitions? I know you don't have to share everything if you want to keep some things private, but what, what are some things you're working on that you're excited about? Yeah, I think I'm focused um, a little bit more on 
Um, the bigger picture, as opposed to, you know, my $10,000 wholesale deal or a $30,000 fix and flip, building up um, some kind of meaningful business where, you know, I have a portfolio, I have an actual company where I'm not involved. I think that's my main focus now, building that portfolio. And if people wanted to reach out and connect with you outside of this, what would be the best way for them to, to connect with you, see what you're up to? Um, yeah, so great question. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. If you can't get a hold of me, then you really haven't tried. Um, yeah, I have great systems in place. So I respond to like all my text messages, all my emails. Even I check my spam folder a couple of times a day. Um, I think the best way to get a hold of me is to go through my website, find a buyer for my deal.com, find a buyer for my deal.com. My email's on there, my phone number's on there. Uh, if you got a deal, just send it over, and that's how you can get a hold of me. Otherwise, if you want to meet in person, I got a Facebook group. It's called Chicago Real Estate Investors. I know there's probably 10 of them right now, um, but just figure out which one's mine. You can do it. Um, yeah. uh, yours is the best one, actually. You got yeah. the best one. You got the we, monthly meetup. <laughs> exactly. We do have the best one because I do. I do keep a very strict grip on it. You know, I'll kick people out if they're spamming, mm. um, and I filter all the posts. So we're only getting good posts in that group. And then come to the meetup once a month. You don't have to message me and let me know you're coming. Just show up and say hi. Love it. Yeah. And then we'll post, we'll get that information, those links from you, and we'll post them in the show notes so people can go directly to your group and get that information. And I really appreciate you making that available. In, in you setting up you know, the end buyer on, on the, via your website, what sort of areas are you looking to do that in? Is it just Chicago and outskirts or... There are additional areas? Good question. Uh, I don't think, I think I'm, you know, I'm a pretty young guy, so I'm keeping my, keeping my future pretty open. Mm -hmm. um, right now, I'm only in the Chicago market that I'm buying. I've done some deals, some like wholesale deals virtually, but I think the more people I meet and know, I've started to realize that Chicago is probably one of the worst markets <laughs> to be investing in. So as of right now, I'm just in Chicago, but I've thought about either picking up my business and moving elsewhere. I think I'll always have some kind of footprint in Chicago, whether that's, you know, selling half my company to someone who can manage it on the ground um, or just running it virtually. But as of right now, just Chicago, unless it's a larger commercial deal, we are looking pretty much nationwide in cool. more give or take. Awesome. So they can go to that website if they have a deal they want to find a buyer for anywhere in the country and you can give them a quick answer of, Hey, I can help you out on this or whatnot. Yeah, primarily that's a website. People can just submit deals to me Love it. Um, so that I can just buy them. That's my focus now. I'm over wholesaling. Yeah. You know, like we said, we get into wholesaling. You think it's, you find a seller, you find a buyer. But as a story I told in the beginning, it's, it's a big hustle. And now that I've got my team in place, I'm like, hey, if I can just find a deal, I've got everything lined up. I can just take down the deal and just move it. Thank you so much for joining us. There's a ton of nuggets here from the goals, the practical steps. I, I think the mindset of just coming into this business with courage and a willingness to go through eight month sections with no pay while you're spending money is just tremendous. Um, such a cool thing that you came into this with that. And obviously it's very obvious why you've reached the level of success that you have. And I appreciate you carving out time and, and joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 